Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. We have a great, or at least really good, online Bible study going on Monday nights. And recently, our study went into an area that I have not pursued the second half of very much. And I decided that with the events of today, I would have an opportunity tonight to bring before you the ideas of that discussion. And I begin with this thought. I often hear and maybe have said, and maybe you have said as well, I am not worried. I'm just concerned. And so we say that for a lot of reasons. We, we, we say that because we want to make sure that we are in lockstep with Scripture as much as possible. And I know it's not okay to worry, but it's okay to be concerned. So it becomes a study, if you will, in the English use of the word. So for just a few minutes, think with me about the idea, concerned but not worried. In the first place, we don't even have to have a debate about what the Bible says or teaches about worry. We all understand that the Bible looks negatively at the concept of worry. For instance, we know that worry is forbidden because there is a command or many commands in Scripture not to worry. We look at those famous passages in Matthew chapter 6 and in Luke chapter 12, what do you find? You find Jesus saying, do not worry. And he goes on to teach a lesson using common things. He said, look at the lilies of the field. They don't reap or they don't sow, they don't reap, but your father takes care of them. He clothes them. The birds of the field, he feeds them. Do you see any of them worrying? When you go out to your garden and you see some flowers that have died or are dying, have you ever said, oh, those flowers worried themselves to death? You see a bird that's died on the side of the road, do you say, oh, he was so worried, he just fell over. But we often look at the concept of worry and think, aha, Worry is causing you difficulties. The Bible says, do not worry. In the passage we had before us, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. So I understand that by commandment, I'm not supposed to worry. So I get it. 
And I understand by the effect of worry that I'm not supposed to worry. When Jesus told the parable about the man who sowed seeds in the field, and the Bible says that some of the seed fell over there among the thorns, and then he says, the cares, that's the word, worry, the cares of this world choked out the seed. And therefore Jesus said, don't do it. If you worry, the Word of God could be choked right out of your life. Therefore, I know by the effect of worry in my life that God forbids me so to do. And I also know, third, that worry is forbidden to me in Scripture by implication. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul is making a case, not because God commanded it so, but Paul had this opinion. He said, I think you ought not to be married for the present distress, verse 33. Problem is, there's a lot of persecution going on. And he said, with that problem, then if you are married, you have this divided mind. You want to take care of your family, but you also are concerned over here. And he said it's far better for you not to be in that divided mind situation. Those who are married care for the things of this world. Verses 32 to 34. While those who are not married don't. They're not divided mind. They're not torn between these things. I know that the Bible teaches me not to worry. The word used here in the Greek language is a word that means to have a divided mind. To be torn in different directions. When this word in the passages we have discussed, when that word is used in a negative sense, that word then becomes an inhibitor. Worry inhibits us. Sometimes worry causes us to do nothing. Oftentimes, people who are consumed with worry are also stalemate. They just can't move. When you get into that depressed, worried situation, sometimes people just can't even get out of bed. So in a negative sense, this word inhibits doing anything. But number two, it's an inhibitor for doing what's right. In fact, some people out of worry do the wrong thing. They are drawn in the wrong direction. 
So that this word that by definition means a divided concept, a divided mind, two different thoughts can inhibit us into doing nothing or to do the wrong thing because worry is forbidden. Number two. This is where the second part of the study begins from our Monday night discussion. Because what I find is that this same Greek word also teaches that we should be concerned. Thus the title, Concerned, Not Worried. But the Greek word doesn't change. The basic building block of the concept is the same whether you're talking negatively, worry, or positively concerned. I find this in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. If you want to look at that for just a minute, you will remember in that text that Paul is discussing all of the things that he had to endure in his ministry. And he lists all kinds of things that he went through, the challenges, the tribulations, the persecutions, the downright troubles that he faced. And then he said in verse 28, not to mention the concern for all the churches that comes upon me daily. Now, it's the same word. When Jesus said, do not worry, there's that word. And when Paul said, I am concerned for the churches, same word. Is there a problem? I don't think there's a problem. Number one, what I think it does is it helps me to see that I like how in translating, we can use two different words to help us understand the meaning. When it's negative, it's worry. But when it's positive, it's concern. And Paul said, I have a concern for all the churches. And there's not one of us who would say, Paul, that's not something you should have. You should not be concerned. In fact, you should be. In the second place, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 25, Paul was talking about the body and, and caring for the various members of the body, one for another. And he said in verse 25 that we should have the same care for one another. Same word. We should have the same care. Paul had it. I should have it for you and you should have it for me. Philippians 2 and verse 20, Paul said he had sent someone down who has 
was like-minded, Timothy, with him so that he could have, and he would have the same care for you. So what I find is this same Greek word says, do not worry, but be concerned. When it's positive, and when God is telling us in Scripture to have concern for each other, it becomes a motivator. It motivates me. So what, what I see in context and in teaching in Scripture is that God does not want us to worry because worry is an inhibitor. But he wants us to be concerned because concern is a motivator. So the question then would simply be this, what am I supposed to do? How do I know when I am not inhibited by worry but motivated by concern? Let's go to a verse that uses in English the same translation but in Greek two different words to help us. 1 Peter 5 and verse number 7. Text you know quite well. Casting all of your care upon Him for He cares for you. First of all, Peter said, cast all of your cares on Him, on God. Turn it over to Him. Cast all your cares. That's the first word that we have discussed. You take all of those things, and when they get into a, an area where you are negatively being inhibited, cast them on Him. Don't hang on to them. The first thing that I think we should understand is God wants us to know that when we get to the point where we are starting to be inhibited because of our divided mind, I need to do whatever I can to encourage myself to cast it over there and let God handle it. But the second part of the verse says this. For he cares for you. Now, that's the same English translation. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. But this second word is a different word, and the word is mellow. And it means be attentive, be engaged, be there. And so God is saying, when you are tempted to do nothing, or when you're tempted to do the wrong thing because your mind is flooded and divided with the things of this world and the things of God, you tell yourself to let go of it and you turn it over to God because God is paying attention. 
God is not distracted. God is not eyes closed. God is not sleeping. His ears are not closed. God is there. God being there cares. So I need to cast all of my care on him because he is there for me. Now I want you to go to Luke chapter 10. And I want you to look at verses 40 and 41. The story you probably know. Jesus has come to the house of his good friends where he often would go, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And then he gets to this house and he is there and he is teaching as he always did. Well, Mary, one of the sisters, um, was really concerned. And Martha was really concerned. But they were doing some different things. So first of all, we find Mary said... Lord, don't you have any care at all? Say what? Aren't you at all concerned about what's happening here? You see, we have two women doing two different things. Martha, verse 40, was distracted with much serving. It was Martha who said, Lord, don't you care? Don't you really care at all? I mean, look, I am preparing the meal. I'm setting the table. I'm getting everything ready for you. Don't you care at all? The word she uses, mellow. Lord, are you not paying attention? Do you not see what's happening here? Look what I'm doing. Look what my sister Mary is doing. She's not helping me a bit. She's not lifting a hand to make the meal, to set it out, to prepare the table. She's not helping at all. Lord, are you not paying attention? Jesus responded, Martha, Martha, you are worried about many things. But your sister has chosen the better thing. Jesus secondly said the first word that we looked at. Martha, your mind is divided and you are in an area, you are expressing concern about things that is not the best. There's nothing wrong with what you're doing. But at the moment, the priorities are different. So here's what's going on. Jesus is asked by Martha, are you not paying attention? Mellow. And Jesus said to Martha, you are worried. What was her attention 
extreme intensity intention directed toward things of physical nature versus spiritual nature. At the moment, she was not doing the right thing. Her mind was distracted from the better thing, listening to the words of Jesus. She thought that her sister was doing the wrong thing. And here we have this interplay between these terms. Now here's what I want us to do. I want us, in, in a way, to hold on to this lesson. I want us to strive to be mellow. Strive to be mellow. Now here's what I mean. This word means to pay attention, to notice, to keep your eyes open, and to see truly what is. How can I take my divided mind? This word for worry is built on a base word meaning to cut, to make a division. And we have to do it all of the time. We're constantly battling, should I do this or should I do that? Should I spend this much time here or this much time there? We're constantly doing that. But when it becomes an inhibitor in my life, then it changes me. And now all of a sudden it moves me into worry and intense division of mind, an intense emotion stirred up because of the distractions against my mind. God wants me to be mellow. God cares for me. He wants me to pay attention. And I want us to strive to be mellow. Not mellow as we use the word in English, which means almost too unconcerned, just sort of sitting down, calm and easy and not really engaged. But the Greek word mellow is an intense word. You pay attention. Your eyes are open. You see what's going on. You see the truth. And in so doing, you are motivated to do the right thing. Therefore, I want you to be mellow. In John 10, Jesus told about the hired hand taking care of the sheep. What happens when a wolf comes? He doesn't care about the sheep. He runs away. He's not paying attention. He is not engaged. That's not something he really cares about. He's not mellow. He's out of here. We don't want to run 
being mellow does not mean running away. It means noticing what's going on and doing something about it. Number two, don't be like Judas. You remember the time when, when the woman was using the expensive ointment to wash Jesus' feet? And Judas spoke up and he said, wait a minute, we could take that ointment and sell it for a lot of money and give the money to the poor. And then it is inserted there that Judas was not concerned about the poor. But he was the one who collected the money for the group that followed Jesus and he would take money out for himself. And yet the word mellow is used there. He wasn't. Judas did not pay attention to the poor. He acted like he did, but he wasn't. He was paying attention to what went in the box. He wanted more in the box so he could take more for himself. I want us to strive to be mellow. Like God, keep your eyes open. Like God, be concerned. Like God, notice what is happening. Like God, care in that situation. God never worries because worry is an inhibitor. Jesus said in John 5, my father has been working until now. There's never been a time where God was inactive. He is constantly on guard. His eyes are open. His ears are open. He is paying attention. And in that paying attention and in that noticing, he is motivated, motivated by his own care for us, motivated by our concern toward him. He is motivated to act. He is mellow. Let us be the same. Mellow should not be interpreted to tone down our intensity. God has plenty intensity. But while we are paying attention, while our eyes are open, while we are looking, let us make sure that we hold on to the intensity. Because in that word, difference between worry and concern, same word, it still maintains the intensity. But once the intensity turns to worry, it's out of control, inhibiting. But the intensity of the word that helps us to be concerned, helps us to be motivated to keep doing what is right. And when we are doing what is right, when we are concerned, then we are just like God, caring and mellow. I want us to be concerned but not worried. I admit, this is much more of an academic discussion, but I hope it helps us to understand that there certainly is an intensity in our concern 
but it is not out of control so that it becomes worry. Remember, let us strive to be mellow. I hope that tonight has helped answer some questions, give us some opportunity to think further and more deeply about the concept. You know, as the things that we've been going through have given fodder to a lot of opportunity to be worried. We should not. Concerned, yes. Worried, no. We've been concerned enough that we have taken measures. We've not been inhibited. We're taking measures so that we can keep moving forward. That's what concern does. It notices and keeps moving forward with taking good measures. If we were worried, we would have shut down and done nothing because we were torn up. I hope this helps especially moving forward in the difference. Thank you for joining us tonight online and for all of you who are here this evening. I hope this has been beneficial. I want to close as I always do, asking God that He'll bless our country, that He will bless our congregation, and that He'll bless you and me and every one of us, that we will learn to be mellow, concerned, but not worried. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.